Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec. We're continuing our discussion with Josh Elledge and we're going to explore a little bit more about looking at your ideal client, looking at your ideal customer and what that means for you and the internal structure you have in your business. Josh, I'm interested in the, the concept of ideal clients. We we, in my experience, particularly with the non-government organisations, so the not-for-profit organisations, mm-hmm. they have a great deal of difficulty in identifying their ideal client. So what's the process that you went through? Because you've, it seems to me that you've identified your ideal clients pretty, pretty yeah. clearly. <laughs> yeah, people I like working with. That's that's ours. Uh, I'm, I don't overcomplicate it. I know some people can get really dialed in on that avatar and that's cool and and I admire that I really for me it it has more to do with do I like them do I like the product or service that they offer do I believe that it's a good uh, good product or service look we have another I'd say com- very unfair advantage and that is is that the way that we do our offers as well like when we build a sales system. It's usually, let me qualify this. Our ideal client is selling a bigger ticket item. They generally also are B2B. So if they, those are our three qualifications. They need to be fairly successful in business doing six figures or more. They need to sell a big ticket item. And what was the other one? B2B. (laughs) Oh, so successful business, B2B and bigger ticket item. If they've got those three things and I like them, and I think that their item will sell well, then what I will actually do is I will work with them entirely performance-based. And that's another thing that's fairly unique in what we do. And a lot of companies like PR companies, they don't like doing that. We always have. Like we always have guarantees on everything we do because that's what the market keeps. That's what the market's asking for. I'm not smarter than the market. I would rather find a way to give the market what they want. Sometimes that means I need to charge more money in order to deliver that guarantee. But what I found is that most clients are happy to pay that extra money if you can tie it to outcome. So in other words, if I say, if I get this, then you got to pay me this. And usually they're okay with that. Most people, most clients don't want a process. They don't want a service. They want an outcome. And it's also seems to be coming back to, to it being based on the, the person-to-person interaction. So your ideal yeah. clients are ostensibly fall into the category of people that you know, like, and trust. Yes. And that you're going back to a, a system that we probably saw before any of us were born. Let's just say it that way, where, yeah. where business was always done on personal referrals. Yes. Yeah. Well, isn't that the truth, though? Like when I, you know, I, listen, I've done over 400 podcast interviews. Now, I know you guys have done a ton, and I'm sure you've heard this. Where do your best clients and customers come from? Yeah. yeah. Word mm-hmm. of mouth. personal referral. It's always that. So it's, so why not come up with ways where we could really amplify that activity? And why don't we spend all of our time there instead of trying to sell to a cold audience that doesn't even know who we are? I don't think that's a good use of time. I would much rather invest in relationships. And, you know, like I said, 
not all of them are going to buy my stuff. That's okay. I'm okay with that. Again, in your best market sales funnels or whatever, and you know, my, our line of work, they're looking at like, what, a first one to 3% conversion rate? Right now, ours is about 20% or more. Instead of spending, giving all my money to Mark Zuckerberg, I give it, you know, I just invest in, you know, doing nice things and it just creates a lot of goodwill. To see, there are so many other benefits to this. Not only do we get more business, like I said, we stopped all outbound altogether. We didn't have to do any outbound anymore because it's all word of mouth. We have a lot of people that just like us because we did, you know, we did something nice for them. We made introductions. We promoted them. We you know, featured them on our podcast and really went overboard on doing nice things for them, showing, you know, showing them off to our, to our audiences. That's stuff that people really appreciate when you take the time to let them know that they matter to you. What's coming through too in all of that is that the strength of your communication, whether it's written or verbal or visual, is going to be the foundation for being able to maintain those relationships. So how then do you transfer your principles of communication to, to your team? Right. And so, and I could tell you, transactional relationship with a team is, is, is that's only going to get you to like 10%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to get that other 90%, it's gotta come down to the mission, purpose, and values. Why do we do what we do? Why is what we're doing, why does it matter? Like what, what good are we doing in the world? What is the change that we are making? If you can get your team's buy-in on that, then you know, they're, gonna, they're gonna believe in what we do. And so then you don't have to work as hard to you know, micromanage and supervise and all this other stuff. It's like, it it almost doesn't matter. If your team knows your core values and your mission, your purpose, you know, then that makes kind of makes all the decisions for you. It's, you know, Simon Sinek, start with why kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'd I'd say from a leadership perspective, you know, we're up to around uh, 25 to 30 employees now. And so it's really important that our mission purpose values is disseminated through our organization as opposed to the hard skills are not that difficult, right? You could document that and you can have SOPs for all that stuff. But what's most important is the why. Why's, you know, that can only be transferred through, you know, like I'll try to do that through video or through Zoom calls or, you know, more higher touch, you know, that's more if for, if I'm asking myself, how do I want to spend my personal time with my team members? It's the transference of energy. It's the transference of enthusiasm, of excitement, of passion over what we do. Um, I'll let you talk, otherwise I'll be in trouble. <laughs> um, that, that's really good because what you're doing is you're not just you're living your values and you're sharing that with with your team constantly you're almost saying by missions and values correct me if i'm wrong you're saying we want to build relationships we're not here about mm-hmm. selling we're here about building relationships yeah. uh, with people that we like to do business with and make a difference to them Yeah. You know, and another thing is that, you know, if I ever got feedback from someone that says, hey, someone on your team was really trying to put the hard sell on me, I'd be like, whoa, that is really out of alignment. 
you know, and that would surprise yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, we just talk about that all the time. And I get on my soapbox quite a bit with, you know, with our, within our organization. And, you know, as I'm communicating to our audiences, I want to make sure that, hey, go ahead and give this a listen to because I felt like this would be helpful for our organization for, for them to hear me talk about that. Right. So my question in that was, when you are looking for staff, is it an exciting time or is it an anxious time? And uh-huh. you're going to have a, a, a swag of people who want to be part of your team. Is, do yes. you find that an exciting process or is it an, more an anxious process? Well, no, I think it is a process. And, and one thing that I've learned is, number one, hire for culture. So I would much rather have someone with lower hard skills, but higher soft skills. And it's a good fit. I want a team full of enthusiastic nerds. (laughs) (laughs) Like we're kind of nerdy about whatever, you know, I love that personality. That tends to go very well. Obviously we want to have a, a fun workplace, but generally high energy. And so if I feel like they're just really sleepy and they're just looking for a job, this really isn't a good fit for them. Like it's not going to be a good, they're going to be uncomfortable. We're going to be uncomfortable and then it's not going to go well and they're going to be on their way. Like Mm -hmm. I I also want to make sure that we're not hiring sharks, you know, that we're hiring people that, you know, they love serving other people and doing good things for other people. Let's take another break there. Join us again next week for part three of our discussion with Josh. But for now, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne. We've been talking with Josh Elledge and this is Inside Exec.